When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Belta Loda, the officially unofficial podcast for The Expanse on Amazon Prime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're back today to cover feedback for episode five. Uh, in addition to another episode of One Ship, this time, remember the can't. I think we're going to do this first. Um, Aaron, I can't recall season one very well. It's been a while can't, since I've seen it. I can't recall, recall it. <laughs> uh, I know you've seen it pretty recently. Did James Holden ever look this young well, this this boy-ish? is even before then this I is know. like no. this is wild like the, steve, steven straight like get a a face transplant i what happened i think shaving helps shaving it definitely tends to helps, make you look yes. you look younger but it th- does not look that young anymore i i think he also they might have done some light digital de-aging or plus it's also you can you can do a shit long with just makeup like but they True. they they and Made him look a shiny and squeaky, clean baby Holden that you've ever, ever seen. I would guess he's like 18 in this, if I just had to take a stab in the dark. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the episode Remember the Cant, which is essentially a flashback to a young James Holden who is recruited by Captain McDowell of the Canterbury to have a, a cushy job. Essentially, like a, a job that doesn't have much responsibility, get, yeah, and yeah. you know they're just hauling ice. Nobody's going to give you shit. It's that like, kind of you thing. You seem like an Earther that Belters don't hate. I could use you uh-huh. on the on the ship because we're full of Belters, and half of them hate me. So yeah, uh, he's at the bar. He's hanging out with Belters and chatting and laughing and having a good time. I don't want us to get shit for you saying he's eighteen because I think literally in the show's chronology, James Holden at eighteen joins the UNN Navy. Okay, spends some time there. Gets uh-huh. drummed out, uh, but attains a rank of officer. So he's gone through some kind of training and stuff, then gets drummed. So I'm, I'm probably, I know what you mean, but he probably is like 22, 24. Okay. Um, but uh, I, so we watched this uh, live in front of our audience because like, uh, and, and, and if you didn't know, now you do. We watch, or we're going to watch the finale episode this Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern when it drops. And as soon as we're done with the episode, because we don't have these access to these in our screener copies, we watched the one ship episode and we we I had no idea. So it's remember to can't and we start on series with Baby Holden and everyone was charmed. Everyone's charmed oh, yeah. by by Baby Holden. <laughs> sure. How could you not be? He's so cute. <laughs> uh the other thing is I was I, I had a sneaking suspicion that we'd seen the last of Monica Stewart in episode five. Oh yeah. And it was kind of like uh uh, yeah, she she sneaks in here. Oh, I I know why. I know why. Cause I remember now. They were on series, and Holden just happened to be looking at his mural. Remember the cant, and kind of like in just remembering how far right. we've come. Just right. himself, and, and then Monica finds them, and then that kind of triggers the uh, the, the 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 vignette, I guess, which is supposed to be ten years earlier. 
It's nice hmm. to see Captain McDowell again. If you're watching yeah. Station Eleven on HBO, you might recognize him as uh, one of the players in the uh, Traveling Symphony. Uh huh. Joe Pinyu Pin Pingay. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm 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 uh, I have a hard time with uh, improbable orders of of uh, G's and N's and U's and E's. It's <laughs> one more prominent role, and I'll remember his name. Like he, I I pronounce it tongue only with a P. P. Pung. Pung? Yeah, Joe oh, Pung. No. That's what it looks like. It should be spelled or pronounced, but who knows? Sure, maybe it is. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was just uh, it was just fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I don't have much else to say about it. It's it's not one of those that connects to the series in an important way, like maybe a Navasarala or a Drummer ep- um, one-ship episode. So yeah, not super important, but it's fun, like the Amos and Bobby one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I guess... We can uh, move past that and get to the feedback section. All right. We don't have a ton of feedback. It's uh, been only a week. Just, just in case we, we have one more, one more feedback episode is going to be a series wrap up feedback. Uh, if you want to send any feedback for the final, uh, any final thoughts on the expanse as it is presently constituted, make sure you get it in before Monday morning to expanse at baldmove.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start off with, oh boy. I'm going to butcher your name. I'm sorry, man. Uh, Torbjorn in the Norwegian Arctic. Uh, Sorry if I butchered that. Thanks for your content helping me through the series while I read the last novel. I really wanted to give myself a coffee mug like the one Naomi caught midair with either the MCRN or Rocinante logo. But what do you know? Amazon had the base mug a couple of years ago, which some people got MCRN logo printed on. But they took them off the market and now they're fully unavailable. Can you figure out why they wouldn't keep those mugs as merch while they show the last season and actually have scenes with the mugs in focus? They look awesome, and I want one. Oh, well, the melancholy. What do you think, Aaron? Is this <laughs> another in the string of colossal merch uh, disappointments for The Expanse? I don't understand why Amazon, who is all about logistics, and like if they, that the other thing they do that's kind of shady is if there is. Um, you know, a successful product, they have their engineers reverse engineer it and then turn it into an Amazon Basics. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've got that kind of like production and conceptual uh, uh, being able to and then and, and churn it out. Why? And it's not just the expanse. I just go real quick to search for the boys. You hmm. can't get the boys merchandise. Why the is hell? a company that primarily ships merchandise not able to get really cool original merchandise for their original IPs. I don't know, man. It's it's not just the Expanse. Expanse is the, because, like, I honestly, I like the boys, but I don't give a shit if I don't want a Homelander t-shirt or anything like that. Uh, I've, I've bought quite a bit of Expanse merchandise, but it's always been, you know, either things that are kind of, like, weird, like uh, a loot crate, yeah. Rossinanti, or... Um, an unlicensed t-shirt design. Mm-hmm. I I do not know. I do not know why they're so bad at this. Is it just small potatoes? They just don't care because they're a multi-trillion dollar at this point but, company and a couple of Rossinante t-shirts or mugs is not going to get them But they're to so the next big. Level. Like to me this is an indictment mm-hmm. of I don't know how far down you got to go in the chain of command on their uh Amazon Prime originals. 
but like somebody should be in charge of merchandising. Like the easiest thing in the world is just get your show logos and some faces and stuff, print them on a t-shirt and they do have it for the expanse. Like there is official expanse merch, but it's, it's not very, to the extent you'd want. It's very slight and it just it's it's not what you would expect from a company again like Amazon. Yeah. This isn't like NBC or HBO where it's like, well, shit, we don't really ship physical and we'd have to get like, this is literally something you could do in house, man. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, there's such a huge company that there's got to be somebody there in middle management that's sweating this detail. Cause like, it's like, it's, it's free money they're turning down, it seems like to me. Sure. I don't know, like, they finally got some of the, like, you can buy a decent. Uh, Rasananti model nowadays, like just recently in the last couple months, or but like it's just embarrassing. I think that they haven't done more of this, and it is indicative of them not, you know, jumping into the whole originals business without actually giving it a lot of thought or what kind of synergies they can be. And the same way, yeah. why watch parties like they got that technology out? I'm not aware of any updates to that. Yeah, we still like almost every single time we start like uh, our stream, you know, your stream fucks up and you got to restart your browser. And like, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It could. I don't know. It's weird that the boys doesn't have any because I think that's a bigger show than the expanse. And I was thinking, oh, well, maybe, you know, the expanse merch doesn't justify the one person full time they'd have to put on it. But the boys certainly would. Seems like, yeah, that's a missed opportunity. So I don't know what their deal is. All right, let's move on to Eric. He says, great coverage once again. I have to highlight your comments on the subtle and complex storytelling in this show, the likes of which I've never seen on any other sci-fi show. Here's where Battlestar Galactica fans are going to get pissed off. Uh, For instance, the heart-to-heart with Peaches and Holden, where Peaches tells Holden the horror of remembering the fear in her victims, uh, I think played no small role in his decision to spare Philip and the Pella. Remember Holden's conversation Mm. with Naomi, where he tells her that Philip looked scared? Peaches is reminded of how to grow the tribe that she talked with Eric about in season five. The realism of how these characters would actually handle these situations is so remarkable. The clear unrequited romantic love from drummer to Naomi was hinted at in season two. And in season three, drummer was hurt that Naomi came to her in hospital room with an alternative agenda to enlist her aid to see Holden in the behemoth. Uh, In why we fight this tension is all over the screen in Naomi and drummer's final conversation Drummer's hurt all over again that Naomi is there with an alternative agenda. Naomi is Drummer's great love, and it's played so subtle and realistic. Amazing. This is why the show is so, so damn good. The writers don't ever do anything for the cool factor, or what if we did this? Hmm. Ever? Ever is a strong word. I think there's some cool, some stuff they do just for the cool factor. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, but, I, I, but don't I don't hate that. Yeah, I don't hate people for doing that either. I, right. Rule of cool is, is, is fine by me every once in a while. Uh, but then he goes on, which I actually like this. The, they play by the rules of the universe as if they were actually the law of physics. All characters are fully realized with complex backstories that all have sound rationale for the decisions they make is the human story out in the asteroid belt. The fact that this show is so unknown and will end is a tragedy. I guess you need to have campy lightsabers to succeed as a space show. Oh, boy. Taking shots at Boba. I don't recommend it. Uh... Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I think this is, you know, I'm a Battlestar Galactica fan, and I think this show is much better than Battlestar Galactica ever was. Uh, that's a bit more of a soap opera and a little bit of melodrama in there. Yeah. Um, this is much more grounded. This is much more like, I believe these are real people with uh, real reactions to things. 
no, it feels real. And I think part of it is because they're essentially just, you know, like, like the expanse is a tale of humans taking advantage of other humans Mm -hmm. and fucking with them on cultural and economic lines. And, uh, we have been doing this for tens of thousands of years. Uh, it's the same old story. And uh, that's the tragedy of the expanse is like they they it's it's the dark mirror of Star Trek where, you know, what if we can't, you know, what <laughs> what if we try to kill our way towards a better tomorrow? What if we keep doing that? What if we keep, uh, you know, pressing and consuming and, uh, uh, you know, drawing lines on maps until people can't uh, can't can't live and breathe. What if we keep doing that in the 24th century? What if we open up a new frontier and it's just as fucked up as the old one? Yeah. Um. So it's, yeah, that's why why it, season four works so well. Yeah, and then what what's really interesting about the Expanse is what I think is really cool is it kind of lets like where Star Trek would kind of filter out the shittier opinions, like you know, like I've, I've talked about, like Picard is allowed to grandstand against certain people every once in a while, they have no response to it. Like yeah. the expanse is pretty 360 in that like it even gives what I think is abhorrent repellent worldviews like Marco. Mm-hmm. Um they let him have his moment and show like in a certain light why that that viewpoint is seductive. Especially if yeah. you're a belter that's had the mm-hmm. boot of the inners on your uh, on your neck the whole time. Um, yeah, and that's and what's really unusual. Most most places don't treat their audience, uh, trust their audience enough with that kind of like narrative freedom. Like yeah. shit. What if what if ninety uh, percent of people watch uh, the Expanse and like fuck Marco's right? Like, <laughs> but that's the thing. Marco's not entirely wrong either, right? He's, it's, it's it's all about the way that he takes it overboard, you know, and his personality flaws and the things that push him into places too dark for normal people to go. So dark that normal people shouldn't go there. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, even if they are angry, even if they do have good reason for being so, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate the both both the restraint that they show and also the subtlety of the storytelling. Agreed. All right, Irish Monk, just a tip of the hat to the writers here. Two consecutive scenes in this episode demonstrate how this show's writing is so superior to many others. Okay, a lot of people in in on the writing stuff. Our protagonist, Holden, brings his righteousness to Avasarala about engaging Marco about the dangers of the ring gate, and she realistically, correctly, and strategically slaps him down. In other modern sci-fi shows, such as like Star Trek Discovery, Wheel of Time, he says, uh, is that sci-fi? We would have to swallow his nonsensical medium-term good path. It would just wouldn't feel right. In the next scene, we see the satisfying conclusion of Philip's relationship with Tandeo, a character we met only in the previous episode, but whom the writers have made real, whole, and meaningful. Mm-hmm. How many other modern shows try to construct a character but never manage to make us care? Well, we bloody well cared about Tandeo's plot. I think it is the skill, this skill of the by the writers that has successfully allowed such a rich and complex story to be portrayed so far in a six-episode season. Bravo. Guess. Yeah, I mean, that's like the bane of The Walking Dead's existence, the fact that oh, they're God. always trying to introduce a character an episode or two before they need it. And it always just feels like, shit, we really didn't have this point of view or we need to, to, to get the sympathy, but we don't have it, so just going to shove it in. Yeah. And the thing is, is like I always thought that that's just, that's just dumb. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. But The Expanse is showing like you can do anything as long as you do it well. Mm-hmm. Like – uh, you, you have to, uh, and I also think it helps that like 
The Expanse is just a much more serious show than The Walking Dead. Sure. Like, it takes it so, like, you know, if you had a walk-on character suddenly, you know, giving some kind of, like, Emmy-quality speech about their brother and worrying about them being raised under the... Like, in one show, you wouldn't take that seriously. You'd be like, oh, this is... In the other... I I don't know. I don't know how... There's some intangible quality to it. I think it's skill. I think it's skill of storytelling uh-huh. and knowing when you can lean into archetypal relationships. Like almost everyone's had a brother or a sister or someone who's filled that role mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, uh, and and what that can mean to you and, and how worried sick you can be about it. And and they're not trying to jam everything into one scene. Yeah. It's like you first meet Tadeo and he's just kind of like, oh, he's like, OK, well, kind of intimidated by his new workmate. And then. You know, he's he's got the, the they're mentoring and they just like slip like whereas I feel like a show, a lesser show would just have him come on and be like, oh, God, I'm I'm so distracted about my brother and I can't. <laughs> but it, it yeah. felt organic because Philip discovered it organically mm-hmm. through a normal person's conversation, a normal frustration, the same in time as we did. And there is something to that. I also think there's something to the fact that Dan and Ty, when they're adapting this show with the other writers, is that this is like. The second draft. Sure, sure, that helps. I'm not saying the show is better than the books because I think they're just very different. And they come mm-hmm. like it's as a person who's has been a show first person and then read the books. I'm always delighted at how many interesting twists and turns and nuances I get out of the book that weren't in the show. But also admiring yeah. like, oh, my God, knowing them both. Like, I cannot believe how effortless the adaptation feels. And I think a lot of that is. There were some things that are maybe clunky in the books or things that they felt like didn't work quite right. And they're able to correct those uh, to the extent that they are. Like, they're revised editions of The Expanse. Um, yeah. And I, I that's think gotta help. That's, that's got to. Yeah. Like, if you uh, – but it is remarkable that, like, I don't think Dan and Ty had written much before The Expanse. I think maybe Dan had. Tell. Uh, and I don't think certainly either of them have ever done any serious television adaptation. And it just like, good Lord, they it just felt like they came on the they came on the scene pros at it. And that's probably has a lot to do with the showrunner, a lot to sure. do with the writing yeah. room, but also says a lot about them as creators that they're able to get on board and be involved and make something that maybe not superior to the original version, but certainly mm-hmm. stands alone and is in no way like second best. No, I agree. Um, they're both great. I, I think it it shows a, a affinity and and um, excitement about the material too. Like they they haven't checked out, right? Like you you could see these characters are still fresh to them. Yeah, they're they're discovering new things about them all the time um, and rewriting it in interesting ways. I, I I think that's one of the things. It's like they have a passion for this, and it comes through in the work they do. Yeah, I'm not, I I I wonder if they're going to continue working together. Do you know? Because I know you follow them a little I bit. I don't know. Um, I ho- I kind of hope so. It would be nice. been great so I, far. I would like to follow them as individuals, and also like, yeah, if they continue to to write as James S. A. Corey, that would be pretty fucking cool too. Who knows? They might not even stick to sci-fi. They might get into more like historical fiction or something. You know, uh, fantasy. They they seem like those kind of guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I could I could see that too. They definitely they come across as students of of history, even if it's just yeah. like recent events. Because like, I don't think you have to go back hundreds of years. Like, you honestly. Uh, stuff I was learning in elementary school, uh, just just kind of following world events and things that happen in the Middle East and Africa and Asia. Like it's sure. very easy to draw direct lines between characters and situations. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, before we get to the last batch of emails, we're going to take one one more break. All right, next up is Craig from Hull. Hi, guys. So far, I've been impressed with the season. Glad you guys kept a level head and actually helped my own thoughts on the show's end. I particularly liked your rationale that as the series ends, the story has a lot less choices ahead of itself and how people's expectations may not fit with the reality of the series. I, for one, accept that it's ending. Everything has to. And I'm grateful to have have had such a wonderful show for the last six seasons. I can think of many that have barely lasted two. We all hope for more, but it seems the time, for the time being at least, the last trilogy will go unadapted. On Avasarala taking meds, I have a theory that it's to do with her body adjusting to being in low gravity. She is at an old age and has been on Luna and now in space for a long time. She may now not be able to adjust back to the 1G of Earth and is now forever stuck away from her home. Uh, stop there for a second. What do you think about that theory? That Avasarala is just having gravity withdrawal. Uh, you know, I guess she's an older, I don't know what this means in terms of earth, because in the books, they're always describing her as ancient and wizened. And I do not, I do not get that from, from, uh, uh, Shora at all. She's no, uh, Gandalf. We'll say that. Yeah. 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 Um, but if, you know, middle-aged and, and, uh, post-menopausal woman already have like bone density issues, it could be. And and also they mentioned that like uh, she had to do some hard burning on the Razorback, yeah. and there was like you know uh, Alex Kamal kind of stroke warning over that. So she is an older person, and like I said, I, uh, it, it, on the other hand, no, I don't think she's suffering from gravity withdrawal. And it's it's uh, affecting her physiology, but uh, I think it's the stress. <laughs> I think it's the yeah lack of sleep. It's the grief. Yeah. It's the worrying about the P and also the fact that uh, she probably feels some, not some small, some large amount of guilt for how much she's contributed to this situation. Mm-hmm. Like that, like if this is a sorcerer's apprentice of rage and grief that's going to destroy the whole solar system, then she's carried more than her fair share of buckets of both. Oh yeah. And that's got to, you know, in the twilight of her career, really, really stick in her craw. The fact that she, has created the situation that as as she she so, so desperately wanted to protect Earth, and yet she made these 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 uh, c- contributed to these environments to where Earth was always going to be under threat mm-hmm. because it was always going to be the have and everyone else in the system was going to be the have nots and that's just that's just doesn't seem to be something the human spirit can take. You know, it's fine to be de- deprived yeah. if we're all going through it. If sure, the family's sure. on a camping trip and it's raining and everything sucks, everything, you know, maybe not everybody's happy, but you're able to, to bear it. But you find out that mom and dad are off in their tent with mm-hmm. air conditioning and, <laughs> and sweet, TV succulent and... pig barbecues. And mm-hmm. you're, you're, it's what the fuck? Suddenly. They were glamping and I was camping. What the fuck? Suddenly, it's why it's why it's become taboo in the West to talk about your salaries because if all the monkeys got together and found out exactly right. how many peanuts they're getting for each job, there'd be a fucking riot. Yeah, so. They'd all want peanuts. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 that's that's what it seems like to me, anyway. Yeah, uh, do do you think Avasarala survives this season? Like with with the the health issues that they're you know carrying on with uh, in these episodes, I I think if she if there isn't some payoff for that, I'm I'm starting to scratch my head as to why they even did it. I will say that that man, I never even thought about it. But if I think about this show. And I think of the characters who were in the old guard. I'm talking yeah. Fred Johnson. I'm talking Anderson Dawes. I'm talking uh, Ashford. Mm-hmm. Everyone, 
Avis Rall is really the last one standing. I think so. And she's yeah, committed. Yeah, gone. And, and, and she's committed as many sins as, as any of those other uh, gentlemen that we've just mentioned. And if this show has some kind of car, like like if 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 one of the statements is like you know uh, you you pull some shit, you're not allowed to go into promised land. You know, <laughs> right. like you can't you, you you don't get to inherit this this uh, earth because you weren't the meek. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it makes it would make a lot of sense for her her to go. We talked about the several characters like Philip. I don't know what he can do to redeem himself to where he deserves a happy life. Um, and they're playing with the idea in the in a microcosm of like Clarissa Mao and how she kind of like puts what, but like some of these people maybe it's appropriate for them to exit the stage permanently yeah. because it's the next generation. Like they they they're the ones that have to do the work. They're the ones that have to build the peace. And people like Avasarala in the end, um, I, I don't know. I, but on the other hand, it's like I also don't want to believe in a sense of justice to where if you make mistakes, you can't come back from them and you can't do better and enjoy the fruits of those, those labor too. But on the other hand, usually when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about people who are just kind of jerks or people who I'm not talking about people who have gravity yeah. tortured. I'm not talking about people who have authorized strikes on civilians. I'm not talking about, you know, like some sins are bigger than others. They're dropping for rocks sure. on planets. Yeah. For I don't want to see Marco redeemed in the last episode. Yeah. Killing <laughs> billions of people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, for sure. Right. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that. And uh, that's the thing. Avastral is not innocent in the way that Philip is like Philip was fed this poison as a baby yeah. and is still a baby himself. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's what? 18. I mean, he's that's the thing. 18? Like I think in the book, he's six he, in the books. He's 16, but he's eight. Okay. Like he's, you know, a newly minted adult, if if you want to if you want to call him that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Philip, Craig goes on uh, to finish up here. It seems like a short segment from the initial season six trailer is going to give away how they deal with Marco now, which is a huge shame. But hopefully, they have a surprise in store. And one last bit, it definitely seems like Philip uh, Philip's book ending has changed, and I have no idea how it will end. That is one thing I hope they change. I really hope they change. If this is going to be the end of the show. I Philip's end and I'll put that in quotes because it's so unsatisfying. Um, I hope that's something they change. I am intensely curious about book Philip and how he ends up. Um, It's very disappointing, or at least it was when I read it. I was like, okay, that's it. Real. Okay. I will say this one i'd almost forgotten about the scene from the trailer they're talking about which is uh i can only assume is the 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 shipping containers going ape shit oh okay we haven't seen that we yet, haven't so. seen that yet yeah. i thought we were going to see that when drummer is assaulting this because i'm like oh look at this big old net full of shipping containers mm-hmm. she's going to destroy it and it's going to go everywhere <laughs> I, that's she not just, the scene she just <laughs> uses it as a shrapnel to destroy series what <laughs> uh you don't think so so that's not the is that the scene you think they're talking about here uh, it must. That's be, the only right? big trailer scene I can think yeah. of. But I, I struggle to understand. Like, unless they're literally going to throw a bunch of debris through the ring gate and destroy the. It might be a next time on thing. I or like mm. the thrilling because that's what, of, yeah we don't watch the. I don't. There, there are like thirty second trailers for each, of, and and I, we don't. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, we don't get those with the screeners. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right, Brad from Cincinnati says, gentlemen. I know there are a lot of people who will want to switch over to the books to see how the story ends, 
but might not want to read the first six books if they've already watched the series. It might not be possible due to the number of plot lines and differences, but could you put together an episode for show watchers, bringing them up to speed on what's happening with the books so they can start off on book seven? I mean, yes, I'll do it right now. Just pick up book seven. Yeah, (laughs) it's so similar. I I was going to say, like, through book five, that would be my advice for everybody. Like, you are going to now it gets a little dicey because in book five, uh, uh, presumably book six, Alex is still breathing and he is not on the Mm -hmm. show. So you have to you'll have to get that curve under your way. But like, yeah. That's my understanding, the there's a very clean handoff between book six and seven, and I can't imagine the show is going to, and again, we might change our guidance on this next week when we see the new episode, or I guess this week when we see the new episode, but because um, yeah. I haven't seen it. That's something you guys should know is like we are waiting until we record this episode to watch episode six because, you know, we try to preserve the the fan experience same as you guys have, mm-hmm. but um yeah, I, every every fucking book before then, if you're like, oh, I really like the show, I want to get in the books, but I don't want to, for whatever reason, catch up to the books, I'd just be like, start whatever season is whatever book you ended on or whatever. Yeah, start with whatever book follows the season you ended on and you'll be fine. You'll yeah. be fine. And that, that goes double for the beginnings and ends of the trilogies. Like, book four... Yes picks up right from the action of series, even though there's something slightly changed that you would have no problems rolling with those punches. And and I think that everything I've heard is that the transition from six and seven is that only more so even, even more, you know, kind of logistical separation from, from the events. Yeah, no, I really don't think there's anything to know. There are a couple of deaths that happen at different times, like Fred is still alive through book six, but he dies also. So, like, if you pick up book seven, you're going to be caught up with that. If you- that happens in real books sometimes, I remember going from Jurassic Park to Jurassic World. Oh, with Hammond? Uh, it was not just he, Hammond, but also like Ian Matt, you know, they resurrected. There's like they, 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 uh, you know, they did something. I, I've Crichton did something like in the very first chapter where it's like, you know, there's many confused reports coming out of Isla Nebula, and some people thought this, and some people thought that. Oh, and so just it's like washing it all away. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like it's that. It's going to be that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Fred's alive. He was dead. And if you're thrown by that for more than a chapter, then I don't know what to do. I mean, stay away from the books. You're you're going to have a hard time. Yeah, put, you'll, putting you'll words together. It so. <laughs> it's fine. You'll pick it up. Yeah. All right. Last message here from Blue Sleeve. Like you, I'm an immense Expanse fan. I found the show during season two and have watched the entire series a few times through now. I'm also a book reader. I just started number six, but like Aaron, I also do not want to surpass the show. I find myself like the majority of the Expanse fandom, disappointed that the show is ending, but also holding out hope that it's not really ending because the showrunners have spent so much time with the Strange Dogs material. I can't help but feel they're pulling a Bosch move on the audience is that, is that a bald move? I think that's another, that's an Amazon original, Bosch. Yeah, he says it was announced by Amazon that Bosch was ending and advertised as the final season. Then shortly after the entire final season dropped, it was announced a new continuation Bosch series was coming, which with practically the entire cast oh, reprising the roles on IMDb TV. Oh, well, if I'd known that, because <laughs> I, I got, you, you guys know, if you've listened to our whole coverage, that I was very bullish on like, yes. this is just being, ca- this is just people negotiating. This is brinksmanship, but like Amazon wants content. This is a completed, well-regarded science fiction that I hear 
you know, that I've never heard that like Amazon's disappointed with how it's performed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I will say they're doing that. I'm kind of mad because in a way that I didn't anticipate, this does feel like it's caught cast a bit of a pall yeah. over this season. Uh, and I see it in, uh, you know, like our, our, our traffic on the podcast has gone up every single season and it's kind of like plateaued this year. I see it when I look at the subreddit and I see, you know, how many active users it's got versus how many total users. I see how many, how that total users has come down from like 290,000, like 180, like for whatever reason, mm. the expanse has cooled off in its final season. And I got to think one of the reasons is this kind of like the fact that people are so tired of being burnt in the Netflix era of investing something yeah. and then getting the rug pulled out from underneath. They're, they feel a little bit like Charlie Brown in a football and between that and, you know, everyone playing hot potato with whether this thing's going to be. But that Bosch is interesting. I did not know that they did that. I didn't either. They Netflix themselves. <laughs> sure. In like, in both like, shit, what is that? It's not the OC. Is it the OC? Where they canceled after like two seasons and they do this They've with every a show, bunch right? Of like different shows where, and then Netflix is like, we'll take it. And then, you know, well, Netflix cancels after season two, but they if, also, if, they, but, and then they do like arrested development where they do two more seasons of a show that was dead for a decade. So yeah, 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 yeah. Their hypocrisy knows no bounds. <laughs> it's wild. Cause man. they, they were originally known for the guy, the people who would last gasp, uh, sweep in, uh, swoop in and save your favorite show uh-huh. and continue making it. And now they too have become the, uh, the, the show killer. So. I want them to, reboot Firefly and a three season run and kill it after two seasons. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> that would be the ultimate in fandom fuck yous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as this though, I that gives me hope because it, it wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me, especially if there's that precedent because I, I continue to think I, that's why I was so optimistic because there we are now in this unprecedented proliferation of media companies mm-hmm. uh all I mean, trying, shit, imdb tv is a thing no sh- <laughs> uh, all of them trying to stake out little content turfs and territories and and or you know having a successful original ip is like kind of like the best thing mm-hmm. and the expanse seems like it's a good one again but it's not it's, amazon's that's i think that's the difference here it's not amazon yeah it's, it's not an amazon studio alcon or whoever's yeah uh, they don't have full control right they lose streaming rights in three years unless they renegotiate so i Is i don't know just a little too greedy because you know i, I remember it, thinking, if anything i'd say amazon is a little too stingy but I guess there's sci-fi. But this is not two, as evidence. two different yeah. publishers saying, good Lord, we can't make money under this deal. Or to the extent that we'd rather walk away from yeah. this show that's got some kind of buzz and some kind of fan following that is, I think, excellent. Just objectively, you know, it doesn't win awards or something, but it, it probably should. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, you know, it's like it's like the whole Raylan uh, Givens justified. Like, you know, you walk out the door... In the morning, and you run into an asshole. You run into an asshole. Uh-huh. At the end of the day, you've run into ten assholes. Eh, maybe so. Now we've got a two asshole situation. Jury's mm-hmm. still out, but like, you know, and like, yeah, you, I need to know what else Alcon's done. I um, don't. No, that, it's... that maybe has had similar problems. If that's the case, I could start pointing fingers. I just don't know enough. 
it, it wouldn't surprise. And like, I guess I would be more surprised if Expanse never finishes the final trilogy. And again, it might not be with Stephen Strait and Dominic Tripper and West Chatham and all that. But like, it would surprise me if they don't continue the story at some point within the next decade. Mm-hmm. But um, boy, I don't know. I just the thing that the, the the thing that's more inexplicable to me than even the merch is like how little the Expanse is advertised internally. Sure. Like yeah. on Amazon. And and it's always been bewildering to me. I go to movie theaters a lot and I see, you know, Amazon advertise their stuff and the things that they choose in their showcase to advertise. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, you know, not to belabor the point, but like, you know, they're, they're showcasing Fleabag, a show that's not getting <laughs> any more seasons and has been off the air for three plus years. Uh, awards. Yeah, I guess that's those are the, the ones reason. that maybe that's that when they're cutting their packages, like what's won awards, what's gotten this, but yeah, and and maybe it is. It comes down to the the ownership of the IP versus just kind of you know renting it off of Alcon. Um, yeah, that's that's my my only thought. If I were a big company, if I were Netflix, for instance, and I was looking at what are we going to promote? Well, it's not going to be Star Trek: The Next Generation for right. well for a lot of reasons, well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, mainly because yeah. they don't own it. Uh, but you know, they might promote something they made. Who knows? Who knows how these things happen? Uh, but that's it for the emails. That's all the feedback we got this week. Thanks everybody who sent in messages. Yeah. And as a reminder, we have, uh, two more things to do. We've got the show to drop itself at 7 PM Eastern, uh, this, this Thursday. Also, if you'd like to watch it live with us, uh, I was kind of worried about like, I wonder how this will go. I wonder how many people will show up, but we actually had a really great attendance on the last uh, live event. Yeah, more than I expected. Yeah, it's right up there with our, like a Cinema Sundays or established features like that. So it was fun seeing everybody's live reaction to the big scenes that I knew were coming up. I was like, oh yeah. man, are people, is this going to hit everybody the same way it hit me? Because I loved this scene. Yeah. And it and, did. And I tried to just, because, you know, when we're in like cinema, usually watch party mode, it's all about like nonstop jokes and, you know, but right. like this, it's like I was a little bit more respectful of the idea that this. This is a lot of, well, everybody that showed uh-huh. up's first first viewing of the material. So, like, I don't want to talk over dialogue. I don't want to, like, <laughs> you know, ham, you know, be like, wait till you see this, guys. Try to be, you know, my, 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 I guess I'm, our job there was like to provide color commentary mm-hmm. um, in between the action and stuff and, and just host, just to host a fun, respectful uh, watch party for people. So, those opportunities still exist. There's also uh, that will be happening uh, a couple minutes before 7 p.m. We just kind of sit there and hit refresh on Amazon's library until it's available. Yeah. And then finally, uh, expanse of bulbmove.com or belt a load at bulbmove.com, whichever you prefer. Uh, that's how you get feedback to us. Uh, and we'll have one final wrap up show next week where we're going to be putting the the the, the series to bed. Um you know, I don't know if we'll if there'll, there'll be more expanse content. I know we've kind of bandied about maybe doing kind of like a, a book review as we make our way through it. But I, you know, I, I we don't have anything concrete planned. Mm-hmm. So just like Amazon, yeah, we just like Amazon Studio, we don't have anything concrete for the expanse going forward. So if you want to get your your say in, uh, do so. Expanse of and that's it. We'll see you on Thursday for the final episode of The Expanse, as we know it. Mm-hmm. And uh, hope to see you there, too. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye.